0: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. There's been a major milestone in the fight against COVID-19 at one Bay Area hospital. For the first time since March 2020, San Francisco General says there are zero COVID-19 patients currently there. In a tweet, Dr. Vivek Jain, who is co-director of infection control at the hospital, called it a truly momentous day. He credited San Francisco's general acceptance of vaccines as a major factor in the decrease in COVID cases, but says more needs to be done when it comes to access for hard-hit neighborhoods. Health officials across the state are trying to figure out ways to get doses to people who have not been vaccinated. Now, some cities and counties are offering rewards for those who get shots. The latest is L.A. County, where health officials have partnered with the L.A. Lakers. Anyone 18 and older who gets their first shot at a city or county-run site this weekend will be eligible to win a pair of Lakers season tickets next year. The city of Long Beach and Santa Clara County are among the others, also offering residents in incentives. Some states, like Ohio, are even offering lottery prizes as a way to get more people vaccinated and it seems to be working. There's been a 28% increase in vaccinations in Ohio since that incentive was announced. Following hours of testimony yesterday from the public and industry leaders in California, Cal OSHA's Standards Board delayed a vote on new pandemic-related workplace rules. The board had been scheduled to vote on a revised set of guidelines on everything from wearing masks to social distancing in the workplace. But many who testified argued that the rules were out of date, particularly with the CDC's new guidelines on mask wearing for people who are vaccinated and California's decision to loosen mask rules on June 15th when the state is scheduled to fully reopen. Kalosha will draft a revised proposal by no later than May 28th, and the standards board will meet on June 3rd to vote on the revised guidelines. Turning to the state budget, businesses around the state are scouring. Governor Gavin Newsom's May revise to the budget for potential benefits to them. But one industry that feels like it's been slighted is California's independent music venues. The National Independent Venue Association of California, which has more than 600 members, is pushing for state legislators and the governor to support a stimulus grant program. Joe Rinaldi, managing partner at the Music Box in San Diego, tells The California Report this can be a life preserver for venues that are on the brink of closure. We asked for $250 million. Uh, That works out to about $300,000 per venue on average. If you know anything about what it costs, we're burning somewhere between $25,000 and $200,000 per venue per month. Rinaldi says venues have applied for and received help through PPP loans and small business grants, but in many cases that money has been used for things that aren't related to running a live event. We've had all this time to take care of things like negotiating with landlords and putting in construction, and we haven't been able to use it. So now we're going to use part of our reopening window because of the timing of all this.
2: It's going to drain whatever grants the venues are going to get, and then we're going to have to turn right around and say, where is our working capital to take on what's now, you know, a a year-and-a-half's worth of problem."
0: Rinaldi says these venues are a lifeblood to the community and drive business to neighborhoods that rely on consistent foot traffic from live concert crowds throughout the year. There are other hurdles besides just operational costs that venues are coping with as they push towards reopening. Restaffing is probably one of the biggest, he says. And one Bay Area institution has shown us the complicated decisions some workers are having to navigate as they consider returning to their old jobs. That venue is Oakland's eclectic Starline Social Club, which was presumed to be gone forever after its owners put the business and the building on the market last year. But Bay Area music fans rejoiced when the venue announced it would reopen in September and that it'd be coming back as a worker-owned co-op things weren't what they seemed. It turned out most of their employees had been laid off since the pandemic started and only heard about this when it was announced to the public. Here to talk about it is Nastya Voinovskaya. She's with KQED Arts. Welcome to you. Hi, Lily. So a worker-owned co-op would seem like something that would appeal to workers. Why are employees so upset?
1: Well, the way the former employees found out about this was when they saw a video of themselves posted to the bar's Instagram that showed them all dancing and having fun, and it kind of created this implication to the public that they were all on board with the worker-owned co-op. But most of them hadn't heard from the owners since the pandemic started, and a lot of them described it as the owners using their images to market this idea that they're not part of. And then also many of the employees in interviews raised questions about the finances. We know that Starline Social Club was struggling before the pandemic and that the owners had tried to sell the business and building. So they wondered what kind of costs would potentially be passed off to worker owners if it did indeed become a co-op.
0: Let's talk more about that. What are some of those other financial concerns that workers raised?
1: Well, public records show that Starline Social Club received over $700,000 in PPP loans. And while those may be forgiven, that's still uncertain. So employees were asking who will pay those back if they do become worker owners. And there are just basic startup costs associated with reopening, like who's going to stock the bar and kitchen. They wanted to know what kinds of risk they would be assuming. And I tried to ask the owners these questions in an interview, but they declined to answer them. But they did say that they're exploring several financial models, including an ESOP, which is an an employee stock ownership plan. But an ESOP is actually different from a co-op. It doesn't require democratic ownership. So I think overall the situation has a lot more unanswered questions. The owners of Starland Social Club offered to do a town hall with the employees, but several of them that I spoke with said that they had already moved on to other jobs. And there has
0: been this narrative in the news of business owners saying workers don't want to return to work. What does this story say to you, Nastia, about why that might be?
1: We're hearing stories of workers not wanting to return to industries where they don't feel respected. And I think during the pandemic, workers from a lot of different industries have begun to organize.
0: All right, Nastia, thank you so much for this reporting. I know you're going to stay on it. Thank you, Lily. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form
3: interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
2: Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious— MindShift, Right Nowish, and
3: more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered
2: journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.
0: A recent survey from our partners at Cap Radio in Sacramento and the nonprofit Valley Vision has found that black millennials suffered great financial losses during the pandemic. But as Cap Radio's Sarah Mises Tan reports, they're looking at investing to build that wealth back.
3: Kayla Green has lost more than money this past year. Early in the pandemic, the 30-year-old elementary school teacher lost her partner she says, due in part to financial stress. Since his death, Green says she's spent a lot of time at home thinking about the future.
1: But what I have been trying to do is like start, you know, investing um, because I do think as a millennial, I do have more opportunity to invest because of the different types of investment that exist now that did not exist when my mom was my age.
3: Green is, like many other black millennials, looking into investing in cryptocurrencies as a way to build wealth in a post-pandemic world. According to recent studies, black millennials are now investing at nearly the same rate as their white counterparts. For the baby boomer generation, white boomers invested at much higher rates than black boomers. Jay King, with the California Black Chamber of Commerce, says it all comes down to access. You don't even have stockbrokers that are African-American until the late 40s, early 50s. King says tools like Instagram and Robinhood have made financial literacy and accessibility easier for Black millennials than previous generations. I think millennials have had the benefit of seeing their parents in 401ks. They've got a chance to be involved in the
1: cryptocurrency craze. So they're a little less fearful.
3: While he says he's not sure if cryptocurrency can close the generational wealth gap, King says doing so with care can be a start. For The California Report, I'm Sarah Mises-Tan in Sacramento.
0: If you shopped for health insurance last year and decided you just couldn't afford it, state officials are now saying it's time to check again. Money from President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan is bringing the monthly cost of health plans to new lows as long as you buy through the Affordable Care Act marketplace covered California. KQED's health correspondent April Demboski explains.
3: Where President Donald Trump did all he could to undermine the Affordable Care Act, President Biden is trying to fix it. With the new infusion of federal money, the average cost of a health plan through Cover California dropped by almost half, from $215 a month to $110. Health insurance premiums have truly never been lower. Executive Director Peter Lee says more than half of Cover California customers are now getting coverage for a dollar a month.
0: Affordable, high-quality coverage, best doctors and hospitals in the country for the price of a bus ride, the price of a cup of coffee.
3: With these new savings, enrollment and marketplace plans more than doubled in the past month, compared to the same time period in 2019. Consumers have until the end of this year to sign up or switch health plans. For The California Report, I'm April Domboski.
0: And now to a preview of our sister program, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, we'll hear about one man's quest to secure his aunt's place in film
3: history. You know, in the 50s, when I was growing up, When you saw a black person on the TV screen, you got excited. And Juanita was that face you saw again and again and again.
2: That's Arnett Moore. He's talking about his aunt, Juanita Moore. She performed in dozens of films and TV shows over the course of a career that spanned more than half a century. But like many other black actors during the Golden Age, Juanita was often uncredited. And a lot of the roles she received were based on negative stereotypes.
3: She says she was from the boudoir to the jungle. In other words, she played a maid to a savage. And and that was her early career.
2: But at 44 years old, Juanita got her big break. She was cast as Annie in the 1959 drama, Imitation of Life. Sarah
1: Jane, oh my baby, my beautiful, beautiful baby.
2: Juanita became the fifth black actor ever to be nominated for an Oscar. Although she didn't win, she hoped to get cast in more leading roles. But the offers never came in. She didn't work for a whole year after being nominated. Arnett, a retired salesman with no connections in the film industry, has made it his mission to secure her legacy through a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame.
3: She's a star without a star.
2: Arnett says this recognition is long overdue and would be one positive step towards acknowledging all the black actors like Juanita who've been forgotten by Hollywood.
0: That's California Report magazine intern Hector Arzate. To hear more about Arnett and Juanita Moore, tune into this week's California Report magazine. And one final note on Hollywood. The famed Pantages Theater, which has been closed throughout the pandemic, announced this morning that it will reopen in mid-August with live performances of the hit musical Hamilton. The first show is scheduled for the night of August 17th. And that is the California Report for this Friday, May 21st. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Minnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968, licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adaptingcare. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org.